You know, it used to be if you heard an older lady got pneumonia, you'd say, oh dear, that's what my aunt died from. And ask how she was doing. <laughs> what a start, huh? <laughs> Do I know how to engage a crowd? Well, what do you know? I forgot to tell you about that part. And now, live from Madison, Wisconsin's high noon saloon, (laughs) cold beer, hot music, and nothing wrong with that, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know? Brought to you by Boru Kim's Oriental Rugs of Madison. Once you go Bijar, you never go back. Persian Bijar, B-I-J-A-A-J-A-R.com. Tell Albert Michael sent you. And by the Wisconsin Greenhouse Company. Sales, installations, lighting, and repairs for whatever you're growing. Check us out at wisconsingreenhousecompany.com. And today we welcome Ten Show Shaman and best-selling author Michael Perry, whose latest collection is Roughneck Grace. Great Grace, sorry. Whose latest collection is Roughneck Grace. <laughs> we'll fix now, it in the edit, there. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Just get his name right. That's all. Okay. <laughs> to my right is John Tulin, keyboards and offhand remarks. Adjacent, that stand-up guy on stand-up bass, Jeff Hammond. Straight ahead, so to speak, Lyle Anderson, Carolineur, and phone answerer. And myself, most definitely, Stephanie Lee. Now, center stage once again, the man whose doctor says he is as fine a human specimen as we're likely to see, Michael Feldman. That's right. I'm the best human specimen ever. I've had biopsies that will prove it. <laughs> and my musculature is phenomenal. It's the best. Well, uh, Hillary, I guess, is recovering, although she uh, was still in her hospital gown when she ended up back in the hospital attempting splits to James Brown. I feel good. <laughs> A little overambitious, you know? Uh, Trump says uh, Hillary could shoot somebody dead and not get arrested. The same thing he said about himself, so it's actually really a compliment. It's pretty cute. And in uh, non-Trump or Hillary news, uh, Tim Tebow signs with T-Ball. This is more editorial, I guess. The more NFL players smoke pot, the more ethereal end zone celebrations have become. Have you noticed that? They're doing like, ooh, traces. You know, that's, your, that's 15 yards, mister. You're doing traces in the end zone. Uh, Apple pulls out of the self-driving car business after Siri complains she cannot drive everybody around and look up everything they're too lazy to Google. <laughs> A big you-go girl from Amazon's Alexa on that one. Come on, enough already. Oh, Donald Trump again. Says, uh, Donald Trump says after learning Hawaii was a state... That uh, Obama was technically born in the USA. So there you go. Big concession from a big guy. He's presidential with a concession like that, admitting the president was an American. Really cool. Super cool. All right, let's see other news. Oh, Melania. Uh, uh, Melania Trump was not an escort in Slovenia. She was simply working her way through architecture school. And you know how hard that can be. Anyone here in architecture school or Slovenia? Anything that relates to this? (laughs) Then I'll just go on. Can't salvage that. Uh, After tousling Donald Trump's hair on The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon ponders what he can play with of Hillary's. (laughs) 
And speaking of uh, whatever you were speaking of, I'm speaking of Jim, Jimmy Fallon, I guess. He, of course, will be emceeing the Trump uh, uh, inaugural proceedings. <laughs> so that he won that just with that little tousle of his hair. And, um, but there is some problem for the Trump inaugural committee on getting a band for the ball, given the rather short list of musicians who have endorsed Trump. Uh, Zolte Bathory is the number one. He could be tapped. Uh, well, you know this band, Five Finger Death? You've heard about them. You've heard about them here, I think, if you were here earlier. They're not really a dance band. It's death metal. Well, it's more of a thrash. I don't know if they would thrash on an inaugural ball. Doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> then there's the death metal. Also, for some reason, uh, all the death metal bands seem to have endorsed Trump. For example, are you with me on this or not? I don't know. I, mean, I, could, I could just go on to something else. I just thought it was kind of amusing when I looked at the list of musicians. There is the band Brujeria, who would be perfect because they're death metal, so that's perfect, and they're Mexican, so they could make up a lot of ground for the things he said. I'm Mexican. But uh, El Sadistico is no longer with them, so they're out. Okay. Well, I, I, this is not exactly what I was hoping. And Pat Boone is no longer performing. So there you have it. That's a, that's a problem for them. Uh, in self-driving news, in a new Cold War, Amazon and Tesla rockets target one another. Uh, Tesla self-driving car taken out of service for bad-mouthing Elon Musk. Guys who ride their bikes without using their hands seen as the biggest market for self-driving cars. <laughs> biggest technical problem for self-driving cars is a Necker's knob up for grabs. All right, now here we go. The problem. <laughs> I think it's an age-related problem for the most part. How many, if I say Necker's knob to you, how many of you have an association in your head? You can applaud that because we can't see your hand go up there and it's dark in here. Okay. I, you know, I'm just going to take this joke out then. <laughs> but I will tell you this, just for future reference. If anyone says Necker's knob to you, what they mean was they used to have little knobs and really cool guys, which I never was, and it was before my time anyway, actually. They could put one, you could steer with the hand here and then the other one would go, see, around your beloved. Okay, Necker's knob. Don't make Necker's knob jokes in future. Snarling face, I'm a little snarling face next all right, uh, let's see now. Uh, where was I? Necker's knob, okay. Uh, the innovative Chevy Bolt Electric will, re- will be recharged by a kite flying in electrical storms. It's the Ben Franklin model. Uh, the Chevy Bolt, by the way, will have a range of 238 miles or from here to Des Moines. But there you are in Des Moines. <laughs> Other way around wouldn't be so bad, but still, you know, we're, you're still worried. how do you get back? Okay. Uh, in other news in science, skin cells are used for the first time to create itchy embryos. Okay, skin cell jokes, embryo jokes. I can't do science with you people. So, uh, California Proposition 64, and you know, it seems like there should be more propositions in California. They've had hundreds of them. Uh, it legalizes purely recreational use of marijuana, promises to greatly increase the category of human endeavor considered recreation, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sirree. Okay. I, for one, consider my work recreational. I know surgeons who consider their work very recreational. 
football, baseball, basketball, hockey, hey, they call it play, don't they? Okay, fine. Are they coming for me yet? Are they going to storm the stage? It's a podcast. Show a little tolerance. All right, there's been a huge increase in people calling in to work with pneumonia. Now that it's been popularized. Hillary had it. Yeah. Why can't I? Most think it's not a, a big deal, but uh, better to be on the safe side and not show up. Uh, two Brazilian gas station tenants attacked Brian Lokti during, during his Dancing with the Stars performance. <laughs> See, if I could have said his name, that would have been a great show. I even practiced it, but I got it wrong. Uh, Donald Trump has made such a convincing argument for Vladimir Putin that many swing voters are now, are now going Putin. Colin Kaepernick has gone to standing on one leg, flamingo-like, and that's all the news. That is, and thank you so much. And yet this down is just three jokes, ladies and gentlemen. It should go a lot easier next time I use the same material. Okay. Michael Perry is joining us today. He's got a new one out of collection called Roughneck Grace. I thought I saw him out there. Yes, I did, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Perry, author, man about town. Tit Show Shaman, musician. What don't you do? What don't you do? What don't I do? What don't you do? You could put a tire on a tractor. I don't make Ryan Lochte jokes. <laughs> <laughs> How would you say that? I know that I know that it's Lochte, but that's just because I spend a lot of time on the road and I listen to a little sports talk radio. Sports now. talk. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do next when this thing falls through. <laughs> sports talk radio. Everything will be wrong that I say, but that's not unusual for me. How's that memory foam cushion working out for you? It seems. I don't know. I'll see if we meet again. If it recognizes me, then we'll know that. It, that but you don't. You said you don't trust it to recognize you. Do you have a memory foam? You don't think it actually. No. Remembers. I th- I don't think so. No, you know what it does? What? Forms an impression. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to set you up again for a... (laughs) You know how hard it's been to sit down there waiting to find a way to get around to that joke? You've been sitting on it for a while. I love the way... I love the way you set yourself up. Thank you. You know, I wish I could do that for me. Roughneck Grace, a collection. There's some, there's some wonderful things. You know, but the thing that, that strikes me most about re- the, the revelations that come out of this, and there are a few, like when the cops said you, haven't, said you hadn't drunk for 38 years, and wondering what age you were when you said that, that we could figure out when the last time you had a drink, right? Right. Never. Never? No, never. So you were 38 when you got stopped? Yeah. Oh, cool. Never had to drop alcohol. It's not a big deal. I, yeah. it, everyone, I, always, I always get two reactions. Uh, someone will offer me a drink in, a, say, a saloon. Yeah. And, Are you uh, all right being here? Is this a problem? And I'll say, oh, no, thanks. I, I don't drink. And I get two reactions. I get the, oh, I'm, you know, I've offended you. And it's a principle. Yeah. And, no, just never started. Not a principle. <laughs> yeah. And then, no. And then the other. Uh, well, do you have one, any principles course, you care to talk about? I've got like three and a half, but it'll all be revealed in my next book. Uh, but I, uh, and then the other one I, I get always, I say, oh, I, you know, no thanks, I don't drink, and I get the old. Yeah. And I, no, not that either. No. <laughs> you know, I just never started. So, yeah, yeah, yeah folks yeah. think that 
that you're in recovery or something. Yeah. I just, you know what? I grew up in a, a religion where we weren't allowed to have alcohol, but usually that has the opposite effect. Yeah. Um, uh, but I grew up in a real blue-collar setting where folks started drinking early and drinking hard, mm-hmm. and I just think I, I didn't, I didn't want to give up that control. So, and then, uh, then I got older and. and I got to a point one day where I wanted a drink, and I thought about why I wanted it, and mm-hmm. then I realized uh, I better not. And then the next thing that happened is I, that day that I really wanted a drink, I went upstairs to my little room where I write, and I hadn't come out of there for about 12 days, and it was just a mound of old zebra cake wrappers. <laughs> and I, I thought, son, uh, you do not need to start because it's going to be a- zebra cake. Zebra cakes yeah. available at your finer gas stations everywhere. <laughs> you want to talk about shame? Follow me to the Bloomer Quick Trip at 3 a.m. <laughs> Just praying that none of the neighbors are coming off the late shift to see the Perry Boy buying zebra cakes at the gas cakes. station. Did you ever buy one of those hot dogs that have been there forever? Oh yeah, on the roller. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good, good hearty road food right there. Yeah, I never get oh. I hardly ever get sick, and my wife is so good. She's very healthful. She teaches yoga, and uh, she's very careful with her diet, and, and then I'm just pounding zebra cakes. <laughs> but I think th- those gas station hot dogs, I think there's just a load of antibodies in there. <laughs> you would think so. Matter of fact, I try to drop it once or twice uh, right there in the gas station first and then eat it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you don't have to get any any of your shots after yeah. that. that. Now that uh, yoga, though, have you tr- you've tried the? I mean, your wife is like a, almost a yogi, right? She's my wife. I don't know how how they do it in yoga world, but I would I always say she's like a twelfth degree rainbow belt. <laughs> um, That's pretty high, I would think. And she's uh, just this morning was up doing her meditation and. Um, she has abdominal muscles and everything. Oh, yeah, I'm, I've heard of them. I, I don't. I don't really relate to that. But, yeah, yeah. She's uh, such a. I mean, I think probably one of the revelations that comes through in pretty much everything I write is that she's uh, such a better person than I am. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. a very strong um, woman, and I'm lucky yeah. to have her. But just on, on the on the yoga thing, you know, so you must have tried it at least. Do you try it? I have tried it. I have a little, a tiny little essay in here about it, actually. Yeah. 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 I've tried it. Um, Did you want to read that? Is that what you're implying? I could see if that's, is this the one that, because I actually, I marked, if he, if Michael asks me to read, I said, <laughs> I'm in Madison, so I'll read about yoga. Okay. Yeah. Do you want so. to do something against the grain? Something that would just not appeal to someone who lived in... I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember if the if the, oh yeah the line the reason I thought this might work is because what you just asked me what do I think about yoga yeah have I ever tried it that, that there's the line in here I can just do the line or I can no read no the why, don't, why don't you read okay. it okay it sounds very interesting recently a real live yogi asked my wife and me for help renaming his yoga studio. Asking a guy like me to rename your yoga studio is the rough equivalent of asking a room full of teenage boys to come up with an advertising slogan for baked beans. (laughs) But I agreed to do the best I could, which is to say we lowered the bar immediately. This all came about in the first place because my wife is a longtime student of the yogic arts. 
I don't know if they give out yogi belts like they do karate belts, but if they did, I guess my wife would be somewhere at the higher end, say a third-degree rainbow belt or a first-degree (laughs) tie-dye. She was studying before I met her and sustains a dedicated practice to this day. Over the past several years, she has been studying with the yogi in question, and he's become a family friend. In fact, we had him over for pancakes, gluten-free quinoa pancakes. (laughs) Sprinkled with essence of dandelion or something along those righteous nutritional lines. But nonetheless, I think you should know that even yogis like pancakes. I have all the flexibility of a narrow-minded scarecrow. So both my wife and the yogi have tried to get me to try a few poses over the years, but it hasn't gone well. For one thing, I comport myself upon the mat with all the grace of a concussed cow. For another, yoga requires patience, dedication, and follow-through. And I just don't think that's fair. (laughs) Nonetheless, my wife hangs in there. One thing I admire about her as a yoga instructor is her dedication to sharing the benefits of yoga with groups of people not normally considered yoga-friendly. For instance, a year or two ago, she asked me to help her write some promotional materials designed to lure farmers into attending yoga classes. I was pretty skeptical at first until I started paging through one of my wife's textbooks and discovered many of the poses were directly applicable. For instance, you got your plow pose, otherwise known as the halasana. You got your wheel pose, which looks to me like it'd be a good choice if you was trying to locate a grease zerk on the underside of the hay baler. (laughs) You got your seated wide-legged straddle, otherwise known as the upavistha konasana, which would come in handy when dismounting from the tractor (laughs) or avoiding a charging pig. Then there's awkward chair pose, which I would call the oofta. (laughs) And the half moon pose, which I renamed Farmer Dropped His Pliers. (laughs) I wrote these suggestions up and shared them with my wife because we are in this together, whether she likes it or not. After reading them, she looked at me in a manner betraying the fact that she has a long way to go on this whole inner peace thing. Nonetheless, when the yogi called for help renaming his studio, she asked if I had any ideas. After a period of reflection coming in at just under three minutes, I compiled the following list. Languid yoga. Grunty yoga. Slippery yoga. Do we have to yoga? Something popped yoga. Oops yoga. Okay, yoga. Holy yogi yoga. Nice tights yoga. The yoga barn. The old country yoga buffet. Posing for posers. Dudio with a studio. And finally, rock hard in your leotard. I submitted the list for review but didn't hear back. (laughs) When I inquired, my wife said she hadn't found time to respond because she's been busy developing a new yoga pose, especially for me. (laughs) Says she hasn't decided what to call it yet. She's leaning toward sound of one hamstring snapping.
that's good. That finishes off yoga for me. Yeah. I don't really need to think about I it. I think anymore. we did our time. Plus the reference to the Zerk. Did you know the Zerk, uh, that Zerk was from Kenosha? The guy who invented the Zerk fitting? I did not yep. until one day I wrote, I started to write a column about Zerks yeah. and that that's one of my favorite words in the whole wide world. Yeah. And I looked it up and found out it was invented. Yeah. So here I was, a Wisconsin yeah. farm boy yeah. who who used many a Zerk, but I didn't yeah. know. And thank goodness that information is also contained in this book. Yeah. There's an <laughs> Another about, reason for purchasing There's an essay book. about Zerks in here, which yeah. the world has yeah. been crying or out for. Or a grease nipple. And Zerk sounds so much better than grease nipple. Yeah. Don't you agree? Well, it depends. I mean... <laughs> There's a, setting you, is everything, really. If you go to Kenosha, you, there's the Zerk Mansion. Yeah. You can actually visit the, the Zerk Mansion. That's one of, I've got a daughter who's of dating age now, and uh, one of the questions I ask the fellows is if they know what Zerk means, and if they don't, out the door. They're gone. <laughs> now, if you said grease nipple, ah. see, it wouldn't have the same effect see. at all or the same meaning to anybody. No. Boy, now I've got to drive straight back home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another uh, revelation that came out of this, because you're a guy who sort of got a piece together. Over, you know, I'm, you're, in some ways, you're a very private person. Uh, in other ways, you've written all these books about yourself. You know, so a little conflict there, but I, I feel there's a lot in there that we're just learning piece by piece in these things. One of the things was you went through a, a period where you dressed like Prince. I did. <laughs> yeah, well. That startled me for a moment. Yeah, well, it startled everybody. Yeah. Um, what was it? It would have startled Prince if he did. <laughs> uh, what, was, what was going on there? You know, I, I don't want to be serious, but uh, I had I'm working on another book down the line because yeah. that's how I feed the kids, and so I had been working on this next book that hopefully will be out next year, and I had written a couple of paragraphs about the the huge influence that Prince had on me, and it gets a great chuckle, but it's absolutely true. I remember going. I was a farm kid, and I just I didn't know anything about art or expressing yourself. And I came, went to college in the big city of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, sure. and they had movie theaters uh, <laughs> there. And because I, I was no longer at home, where that was forbidden as far as church, oh. as far as church I, I went to see Purple Rain, and I saw Purple Rain five times. And it yeah. absolutely, it, I mean, we all chuckle, and I chuckle at myself. It was plum goofy, but it planted a seed in me. It was this idea of someone from the Midwest yeah. and the idea of art and beauty and an unusual behavior somehow becoming lovely and expressive. And I joke about it, and I, you know, in, in here I write then uh, that I had written about that in, in the rough draft of this other book. And, and w- within a week of me writing that paragraph was when he died. And so I wrote a column that wound up in Roughneck Grace about how Prince influenced me. And it's tricky to write those pieces, too, because you want to honor the person, but you're probably also leveraging their misfortune to draw attention to yourself. It's tricky. But I tried to just honestly convey that I think the ineffable things that I took from him were useful. The hairstyles and the boots, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any pictures in your phone. That I, my daughters have seen pictures of me with uh, pink spiked hair. Yes. Yeah. But boy, cool. is that in the rear view? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that I liked in this collection. And one of the kind of the simplest things was, was you're fixing that tire on that tractor. Oh yeah. You know, because it has ramifications for all of us who call ourselves men or whatever, yeah. or, or you know, cause guys are supposed to be able to do things. Alleged men. 
Alleged men. Yeah. Men in waiting or something. I don't know. Women in waiting, there were men in waiting. Yeah, it's just, there's a thing uh, when you grow up like I did on the farm and, and logging and, and working on the ranch. And I could do the basics, but I just never had any mechanical aptitudes. I'm no good with electricity, <laughs> you know, which is, you got to be careful. Um, but there's this thing that if you grew up around heavy equipment, you know that, um, that there are tubeless tires on big implements. And it's very difficult once they go flat to reinflate them and reseat the bead. Reseat the bead. And only the manly men could really pull that off. Yeah. And I just never, and that, so I was using a tractor on our little farm and I was way down in the valley and I hit a stump and knocked all the air out of the tire and it was flat. And I figured, well, that's it. And so I took it off and I hauled it up and I just, I called my, both my brothers and I write about it in the essay and they both just said, yeah, you probably just want to take that to town. Because <laughs> they've been watching my behavior for a long, long time. Uh, and but you didn't can, the other one give you a rather elaborate Yeah, my other brother gave me big, long instructions that uh, talked about explosions and head injuries and, <laughs> and black powder and lining the inside of it with explosives. And, the, you know, and, the, and then he somehow wound up talking about potato cannons. And like, <laughs> but then my other younger brother, who's more concise, he yeah. just said, yeah, I think this is just one of those deals. He had a great phrase, and now uh, because I didn't do show prep, I can't remember. But he said, oh, he said, I think you're just going to have to shut up and shell out. <laughs> but the upshot is that I went down to the pole barn, and I got her all set up, and uh, I did the things that they taught me, and I started putting air in the thing, and you want to charge it really fast. And I charged it really fast, and there's this moment when you hear this bing, this pneumatic bing, and you know that it's seated on the bead and it's sealed. And I, as the tire swelled, so did my chest. Yeah. <laughs> your chest actually did the same thing. Seated on the bead in your chest. Some do that. I mean, I mean, for all of us, we don't all are not doing tractor tires, but there's, there's that moment when you're totally frustrated and you've done it 17 times, it yeah. doesn't work, and you do it one more time and you're bleeding and... You, and <laughs> And that you have that moment, and then the, you the hear the beads seating, the moment. bead seats, and you hear the music yeah. from Chariots of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yeah, it's a weird little book. It's a, I've been writing these columns now for I think three, four years, and so every week you got to have five hundred to six hundred words and on anything, and it's been challenging in a yeah. positive way, and. Um, and so it's been fun to Wisconsin Historical Society Press is working with me on the book and it's fun to pull pull together a book right in your home state with home state folks and and they do great work and so uh, the only issue with this and I don't know when the podcast is coming out but uh, I found out by complete chance that my book release September 30th is when this book will be available uh, is also the same day that Justin Vernon and Bon Iver are releasing their new album and we've been friends for years and I just had to tell them man I'm sorry son but my piece our machine is going to crush you. <laughs> it's nothing personal, and I like the kid. You know, I wish him all the best, but, you know... Well, like, let me ask you this. I what? sent out, like, 600 postcards. Okay. So... You Plus, your word, of mouth, him. your word of mouth is killer. That's right. What is, the, what is the plural of Eau Claire? How do you say that? You say, the plural of Eau Claire is pronounced Eau Claire. Okay. It is spelled E-A-U-X-C-L-A-I-R-E-S. Yeah. Because I was... It, Stop me from going to the concert because I couldn't figure out I want to go to see. You know, they had a huge concert, Bon Iver. Yeah, heard about and it. And you were playing. You're there. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Had a well, big what old... do you mean you heard about it? You're there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we, it was great this year. We had, uh, there's all these big acts coming in and everything, and I get up on stage and introduce a few folks. But also we have, one of the things that's wonderful about that festival is they're determined to have small little moments all within the big moments. And one of the things we did this year is we had this tiny little tiny house that was made out of a shipping container. And we had a rotating cast of, of poets and authors from all over, very diverse backgrounds, who would sit down and you would stand in line and you would go in and you would get a three-minute reading. Just f- and, and the audience was limited to four or five people. And it was one of those things where you say, well, we're going to try this. It could completely crater or it could be great and there was a line all week uh, all weekend and people just came out it was just such a wonderful intimate tiny little moment of beauty and art in the middle of this hectic world yeah very cool yeah and i i do like your whole uh, walter mitty Way of, uh, you know, because you talk about that, that you're, you are a country boy, but you don't have a lot of the skills involved. But, but a lot of it is simple pr- procrastination. It is procrastination, and I get so much done in my head. Like next year's wood is already split. You know, I love it. And you just go, well, I uh, took care of that. You know, and then you drive by the tree. <laughs> you go, yeah. well, you know, I mean, but I got it sorted up here, you know. And tripping over the tree that you let lay there. And yeah, you that's there. The, uh, the, the F. Scott Fitzgerald test yeah. I wrote about. He said something, and I'm going to mangle the quote, but it was something about the, the chief sign of intelligence is the ability to hold two competing thoughts in your mind at once. <laughs> and uh, I, I wrote about how I can't do that. And uh, I went out to, uh, to, to ch- close the chicken coop. And we'd had a, a, it was dark, and there was a tree that had just been cut down and was laying across the yard. And so as I'm walking across the yard, I thought, oh, there's that tree laying between me and the coop. I better not run into it. That'll really hurt. And so, what I, oh, but I've got a flashlight app on my phone. So I said, I'll get out my flashlight app. But in, instead of stopping to get the flashlight app, I just kept walking while I'm going to the, and then just smashed into the tree, tore up my shin, huge bruise and everything. And I just thought, what is it? You have that moment where you say, I should stop. Yeah. But you don't stop. And the other example I gave is back in, in that column. I'm, so I'm getting the tractor out, and the tractor has a front-end loader on it, and it has a brush hog in the back. Well, I'm using the brush hog, and I'm backing down to get... Uh, to get some thistles down beside the pole barn there. And as I'm backing out, I think to myself, don't forget you got the brush hog sticking out the back, but you got this loader sticking out the front. And so as I look back, literally within two seconds of thinking that thought, I just pulled right into the pole barn and cut it open like a can of sardines with the front end loader. And you just go, you literally were in the process of saying, don't do that. I don't understand. I have a lot of absent-mindedness issues. I played a lot of football in high school. Yeah. And, and I, I used to laugh about that, but now, I, I mean, the topper was one day I'm, I'm packing up to hit the road because I do that all the time. And, you know, I'm, although I'm just a huge big deal, I still load up my own van with boxes <laughs> of my own books. And so I'm loading up the van. I got this little office on the second floor of our garage, and the van is backed up, and I'm loading all the music instruments, and I'm loading up all of the book boxes and everything, and I'm running late as usual. And I'm just thinking Michael Feldman's going to be so upset with me. And so I finally I throw everything in, and I jump in, and I keep thinking, don't forget the cash box. Don't forget the cash box, because after all, that's what this art is ultimately all about. And so... <laughs> 
I get in the van and I take off and I, I make it 100 yards off the driveway and I realize I forgot the blankety-blank cash box. <laughs> and I slam it into park and I leave it running and I just run back to the office because it's just as quick. And I run into the office, which is above the garage, and I grab the cash box and then I run around and I jump in the car and I back it out of the garage and I drive out the driveway where I find my progress impeded by the van I just left idling in the driveway. What were you, a middle linebacker or something? What was it? Worse. Yeah. I, was, uh, I, I started uh, both offense and defense, oh, played no. kickoff and kick return. Oh. Um, I played all but four seconds of my senior year the entire season, and I played center <laughs> at 165 pounds, and then I played defensive end. Yeah. And I like to say all this because it makes me sound like I was quite the phenom but the truth was we played 11 man football and we had about 17 guys and the other four you know there's four of them were hurt and one of them just didn't care (laughs) so i started all the time and then you'll notice that that i'm still missing one but that was me in math so i I know you gotta go you got a a concert coming yeah I'm, i'm i'm going to run out of here and jump in my uh, my 14-year-old van and that's I think that's another story I told in here one of the reasons I love my wife is her her frugality my wife takes care of all the grown-up things in our family including <laughs> picking out vehicles cuz I don't care about vehicles and I also don't have a lot of real useful knowledge and so she always does the math and she has this formula and if you buy a used car however much you pay you should get x amount of miles and I just go okay and so she, we needed a new van, and we had a 12-year-old van, and she took care of all of it. All I did was I would drive her to the Walmart parking lot to meet the Craigslist people and just make sure <laughs> that nobody got shot. And, and so we wind up, my wife, we, she, I was never prouder than when she traded in our, we, we traded in our 12-year-old van for a 14-year-old van. I was like, yes, that's beautiful. So I'm going to jump in my 14-year-old van with the mismatched door handle. And uh, that's actually good, though, because I can find it in the parking lot. Yeah. But I am going to go what, play. What, what is yeah. coming up? What is the concert? If you'd like me game? to wrap it up is what you're saying. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm just, so, I'm just saying. Uh, promote it here because it'll oh, be heard in, well, this in a matter of months. The beauty of this is that you can actually leave. You can enjoy the rest of this show. You can bask in, in the glory of, of everything Feldman and then still make it to Cross Plains ah. where at 2.30 this afternoon my band, the Longbeds, and I will be playing a, playing a show there somewhere within range of a Legion Hall. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I wasn't trying to get you out of here. I don't want you to be late, but I do have to ask you, hovercraft. A hovercraft. That's a question. Yeah, I have a hovercraft, and my wife is working on us not having a hovercraft. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, how do you have, happen to have a hovercraft? Because it belonged to Herbie Gravunder back there in New Auburn. <laughs> and I always wanted build, it. Did he build it himself? Herbie was an amazing cat. So Herbie <laughs> was the guy who lived down at the end of the street, and he always had cotton in his ears. And he, Herbie loved airplanes, but he, was, he had a terrible fear of flying. Ah. And so he bought an airplane from some guy who had crashed his airplane and knocked the wings off. And Herbie had an airplane that he would just drive around in his field because he couldn't fly. Yeah. 
But Herbie also had a hovercraft, and it was an old, like, from the 50s hovercraft, and uh, he modified it to make it into an ice craft. So he put snowmobile skis underneath it, and then he would go shooting across the lake. Well, it would go abominably fast, but you were unable to steer it. So it was a, it's kind of a problem. But when Herbie died, they had his auction, and I went to his auction, and my brother was there, my brother John, and he used to stand there with me, and he, he doesn't say much, and he's pretty serious, but he's not against uh, having a good time now and then. And so the hovercraft came up for auction, and I had promised myself I'd only go to 150 bucks. Well, it went to 160, and, and me and this other guy we were locked in, and you know the adrenaline gets going. And then I finally bought it for 200 bucks, and I turned to my brother John and I said, "Do you think we can have 200 dollars of fun with that?" And he said, "Oh, I think so." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Herbie had modified it pretty much beyond the state of repair and we got a couple of really cool rides out of it and then it just started shedding parts and stuff and so now it's down in my pole barn where it's been for 10 years without moving and just the other day a guy uh, asked if he could buy it so i think it's probably going to get sold yeah you said yes didn't you i did i said you know you're my wife's best friend right (laughs) now (laughs) michael it's always a pleasure oh thanks for having me great pleasure every time michael perry the new book Roughneck Grace, buy it, read it, tell the stories like they're your own. Appreciate it. Michael Perry. Hovercraft. There's a story in there too about his dissema. Is that what you have? What's that called? Dis- oh, that yeah, gap it's... in your teeth there. I used to know that real well. But... Distema, isn't it? Diastema. Diastema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that you whistling between? I can't. No, it doesn't help uh, that at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I could so, never whistle. Yeah. So the, the, Not a whistler. Another thing you have in common, and, and many famous people have had that yeah. condition. Napoleon, they say, could <laughs> hit tobacco no, and hit didn't. opposing troops with it. No, he didn't. So, yeah. how are you gentlemen doing? John uh, Tuline, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Hammond on the bass here. And, uh... Hola. Jeff is on the, Hola, uh, On the Roland, uh, FP7F. Yeah, FP7F. Yeah. Was there a 7E before the 7F? There was a, there was a FP2. I, had a, oh, I still have a 2. It's much lighter. I take it on gigs. You I still have a 2? I still have a 2. I take it on yeah. gigs. I don't care about that much. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you brought the good one. For I brought I appreciate the good one, yeah. that. It's Jeff, heavier, this, this bass has been with you a long time. Yes, in fact, I got this bass from uh, a guy in Madison. I traded bases with Henry Bame, who owns, owned the bass shop oh. 15 years ago. How could you part with your farm? Don't you get very attached to a bass, Jeff? You know, um, I would not part with this. The one I had, I kept taking it to him to make it sound better, and it was really meant for, you know, orchestral stuff. And he, and he had a nice jazz bass, and mine was classical, and he just said, you want to trade. So I, I, in that case, I did not have a hard time parting. But yeah. I've never parted with any of my basses besides yeah. that one. But you know their history in detail, don't you, this bass? Uh, uh, no. no, it's 200 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they were shouted out, no, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's yeah. good, that's good. Uh, we wanted to hear from Jeff. 
And uh, let's hear how these two instruments sound together. And what, what do you got for us here? This is a little tune of mine. It's called High Noon Blue Tune. <laughs> written by Michael Feldman, made possible by Kickstarter and the best audience a guy ever had, and would be unthinkable without John Tuline, Jeff Hammond, Tom Blaine, Aubrey Ralph, Lyle Anderson, Dylan Brogan, Sheila Shigley, our host and doyenne here at the high noon, Kathy Dethmers, and yours most definitely, Stephanie Lee. Check us out on Facebook. Mine a mother load of What Do You Know nuggets at whatdoyouknow.net. Follow Michael on Twitter at MyFeldman. And taste the podcast sausage as we grind it at youtube.com slash user slash whatdoyoutube. Michael Feldman, producer. Thank you 
all for coming. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next time. Roughneck Grace. <laughs>